it's the next level. Welcome, Survivors, into a new year and also a new episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited from the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Podcast Network, I am Kristen Howe. Uh, we are also in a new season. Yeah, I'm new excited. Year, new episode, new season. Very excited. We, we took a little bit of a break. But, uh, you know, it, it was expected with Christmas and New Year's. It just happened to it happened to work out that we wrapped up the season one talk right as the holidays were were beginning. So we're kind of foregoing the whole season one recap and we're just moving right along with season two. Yeah, it's funny because we got enough of a break that it kind of felt like you waited uh, in between the two seasons, you know, like we used to in the old days before binging. <laughs> yeah. And I sat down to watch this episode and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I've got to get my head back in this. <laughs> I did the same thing, especially when I was taking my notes. I'm like, well, because I, I got to the end of the episode and I was like, wow, I don't have nearly as many notes as I did for like towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I think it's because we have to kind of get our head back into it. And you know what, though? I did notice that by the end of this episode... As hard, we talked a little bit about this when we were going through recapping season one, that it was difficult to not want to continue on and just watch week to week as we've as we've been doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's going to be even harder this season. Well, I thought that this was a double episode, too, like I told you yesterday. (laughs) So (laughs) when I went over to Hulu to go uh, to go look at it there, I said, wait a minute, this is only one episode. This isn't two I like I was like so frustrated because I because I did I wanted to watch ahead. Yeah. And that's how I was by the end of this, too. I was like, oh, I want to keep going because mm-hmm. I, I know exactly what's going to happen and I want to rewatch it. And but I want to analyze it now. So yeah. I, I want to keep going. But now, you know what? We're right back into it. So we're going to have what? At least 20, 22, I think 23 might be 23. I don't remember how many episodes are in season two, but we got another like 20 some weeks of doing this again. So yay! it's, it's going to be By the fun. time we're done with season two, uh, Game of Thrones should be in full swing. I think Game of Thrones will be back bef- well before we're even. So you're going to be a busy person. I'm already a busy uh, person. <laughs> you are already a busy person. That's true. It's, you know, it's going to get it's going to get very complicated for both of us, but. And well, not complicated, but fun because in yes, the in the fun. in the midst of talking about season two, which is a fantastic season of the show, uh, you're right. Game of Thrones is going to be returning, so you're going to be full on with House Podcastica. All yep. the DC shows are coming back, so when it comes to you know my DC primetime podcast, I'm going to be back in full swing by in like within two or three weeks. Yep. So we're getting back into the new year uh, in full force and. 
It's going to be yes, fun. My kids are in school. My husband's back at work. So I've got my days back to myself. So I kind of feel like I've I've got a handle on everything for the first time in like six months. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. But let's talk about Lost. Yeah, because my kids don't exist and neither does my wife. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Okay. But yeah, we're well, talking. This episode, we are covering season two, episode one, Man of Science, Man of Faith. And just so you know the format, if you are new to the podcast or you're a little out of it as we are, uh, one episode per, per podcast that we're going to be talking about, uh, talking about the highs and lows, breaking the episode down with our top five. And this is a spoiler full podcast. So if this is your first time watching through the series, we apologize ahead of time if we bring up stuff from the future of the series, because we usually do. Yep. Uh, and as always... I'm still working on interviews with the cast and crew. I don't want to sound like a broken record. It's just they're busy people. So sometimes it takes some time to book them. But I guarantee you will get at least one cast member from the show. That's a guarantee. Okay. Just don't know when it's going to happen. Okay. So, But as you mentioned, Season 2, Episode 1, Man of Science, Man of Faith. Let's kick things off with our top five for the episode. And I will turn it over to you to kick th- to start it off. What is your number five? I'm going to start right off with my running theme of this series, and that's Jack. (laughs) That's not, well, Jack is the worst. Jack is the worst. Is your running theme. Yes, it is. And you know what? It is super duper highlighted in this episode to kick off the season. And not only is it super duper highlighted, but Hurley calls, calls Jack out for being the worst. Kate calls him out for being a pessimist and kind of a jerk. He's a jerk to Locke. He's he's kind of a jerk to Hurley when Hurley bears his soul to him. He's just, I, oh, and he's dismissive and a little bit yucky to uh, Desmond during the uh, Tour de Sad or whatever it was called. I can't say it right, but I think it's Tour de Sad, the stadium tour yeah. run. Um. But we get a lot of kind of the worst aspects of Jack in this episode. And we do get some good stuff with him. I mean, you know, he gets to see what a miracle really is. But, you know, he'll never admit that it's a miracle because he's a jerk. (laughs) Okay. Um, For starters, I want to not to interrupt you or, you know, break your train of thought. Um, I I do have a note in in one of my notes in here that I did not make a a star next to to make it my top five because I knew you would bring it up. (laughs) Um, uh, So uh, was is that Hurley and Jack moment? Because it's one of my favorite moments of the episode when, you know, Hurley says to Jack, you know, that thing that doctors have that make them feel better, a bedside manner. Yeah, yours sucks, dude. Yeah, like it's and you're right, <clears throat> but I I do this is one of the things that is in my top five. So I'll I'll make this my my number five and I'll kind of tie it into yours. Um, I agree with everything that you said, with the exception of one, and it's the one that you just mentioned about him seeing a miracle take place, and um, you know he'll never admit that it's a miracle. I I think. We're seeing a change in Jack. We we know that he's an overconfident person. We know that he's got a hero complex. We know about all these things about Jack. But I think we're seeing a different point of Jack in his career where he's not really a very confident doctor. Um, I don't think he really fully trusts in his own abilities. Because when he does do this surgery, 
he's already written it off that it didn't work. He hasn't done any tests or anything on her yet to even find this out. But I think this is a moment in Jack that he's, I think we're starting, I think this is planting the first seed towards the Jack that we get uh, in the present day of the overconfidence and the hero complex and thinking he can fix everything is we're seeing Jack find his confidence. And because he's realizing something that he did that he didn't believe worked, that he didn't think he would ever get to work, he like, actually made happen. I like that sentiment. I like what you're saying. And I, I think that there's some truth to that. But I just think that his pessimism um, and just his dismissive attitude towards others is just a running theme with him, whether it's in a flashback or if it's in uh, a present day on the island. I mean, he just... He's never satisfied and he doesn't think much of others, really. Um, you know, even when you go back to season one in the flashbacks and you see him right before his wedding night, he was a he he didn't have a lot of hope the night before his wedding. He was, you know, burying himself in a bottle of vodka with his feet in the pool. Um, you know, so I this I mean, just he was really, really mean. This episode and not just and, and not in the flashbacks in the flashbacks, you know, he he's I, I see saw him more of of a pessimist and just somebody who has this. Um, I, I don't know, may, maybe it is that he's not confident, but his insecurity doesn't really bring out the best in him. But on the island, I mean, the way he was bossing everybody around at the hatch, the way he was dismissive towards Hurley. I mean, Hurley Hurley has struggled with with his story since the beginning, since, since we've kind of known about Hurley's story and he hasn't told anybody really on the Island about the numbers and about kind of the lottery thing. I mean, uh, you know, Charlie knows, but Charlie doesn't believe him. Um, so I don't know. I just, I just, I hated Jack this episode and, and, and I really said, okay, you know what? I've been a big Jack hater. And I'm going to try in this new year, in this new season, to be a little different towards Jack, to soften <laughs> towards Jack Shepard, mainly to stop the abuse from Des. But it didn't happen. In fact, it, it just kind of emphasized it. So anyways, that was my number five was just kind of like Jack is the worst. It was solidified in this episode. He was just he was mean to Locke. He was mean to Hurley. He was mean to um to Desmond and he was dismissive to Kate. What well, he's always dismissive to Kate. I don't really understand why Kate likes him so much because he doesn't seem to like her back, but whatever. Well, I mean, we've also seen too that Kate kind of has that bro that broken personality and that she goes for the wrong kind of people. Um, you know, we see her fall for the bad boyishness of Sawyer, and I think it's that's probably one of the reasons why she she's falling for Jack too is that he's not exactly the best person. Sorry, Des. Um, but, mm -hmm. you know, I, and I think that she sees that element in Jack more so than anybody else. And that's one of the reasons why she falls for him. Mm -hmm. But, you know, kind of to piggyback onto yours and continue with my top five and, you know, seeing these these changes in Jack, uh, I agree with you. I mean, there's that. You're right. Hurley hasn't really opened up about everything. He hasn't told anybody about these numbers before, like not even Charlie. Um 
you know, and he finally opens up to Jack of all people and says about the numbers, about playing the lottery, about the meteor hitting the, you know, the chicken shack. Um, and what's the first thing that Jack says to him? You were in a psych ward. Like you totally just diminished everything that Hurley just told you. So right. he, he purposely hasn't told anybody of this about this because he knew it was going to make him sound crazy. And what's the one thing that Jack does make him sound crazy. Right. By saying you were in a psych ward, that's not really the most appropriate thing to say back to anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But on, but on top of that, you know, going on to where it's funny that you say how he, how mean he was to Jack. I noticed something in this episode that I've never noticed throughout all the other previous watches. And I love when that happens with this podcast. In And this is kind of jumping towards the end of the episode a little bit. In... The moment at the very end of the episode when Jack is down in the hatch and the first person he sees after the music blaring and the light, you know, shining in his eye, the first person he sees is Locke. Jack immediately points the gun at him. Oh, that's one of my points later. Yeah, I know. It, that was insane. In fact, if if you want to, if you, I'll move it to my number four. Like four, a little well, nah. You can if okay. you want, if you want to go, no, no, if you want to jump I'll, into it. Okay. No, no, no. I'll talk about that later. Okay. But well, yeah, yeah, I noticed that too, and it it's so. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Like he's immediately ready to write to write off Locke as the villain of this situation. Yes, I know because he is the worst. <laughs> All right, but let's let's move on a little bit. What what is your actual number four? Uh, my number four is actually the title, Man of Science, Man of Faith. And I think, you know, going into this, going into season two, you would assume that Man of Science being Jack and Man of Faith would be Locke. But I think that it was Desmond in this episode. Um, you know, Desmond has a lot of uh, that that scene with Desmond in the stadium was, you know, the the two sides of of the coin with man of science man of faith jack is down on himself because of the science of what had happened and the facts that were in front of him and desmond was like you should believe in miracles you don't believe in miracles you know and then at the end he says lift it up and to me as a christian that was you know lift it up like have faith in god have faith that a miracle can happen and when he sees that Jack, it like totally goes over Jack's head. He goes, you see, ja- uh, you see Desmond just kind of like change his tactic a little bit. And he's like, I mean, the ankle lift up the ankle, you know, cheers, brother. See ya. See you in another life. Right. And then later in the in the episode at the end with the scene that you were talking about, when Jack has his gun pulled on lock, he has his. Uh, eventually has his gun pulled on Locke and Desmond who are on one side as the men of faith. And then he had, and then there's Jack on the other side as the man of science. And I thought that that was a really cool kind of, um, uh, representation. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of the title itself and just Jack's struggles to believe in anything. I mean, he didn't even, he didn't even have enough faith in Hurley and his story with the numbers to believe what Hurley was saying. He just says, Oh, you were in a psych ward because that's all he can understand. The rest of it was like hogwash to him. Cause I mean, Hurley even said like, did you not hear anything else that I said? And he goes, yeah, man, what do you want me to say? They're just numbers. You know, he doesn't believe in anything outside of facts. Anything else to him is, 
it, it, it's not worth thinking about. It's not worth entertaining. It's not even worth respecting. Um, and that was very apparent in this episode, uh, the, the differences in Jack and then Desmond and Locke and even to a certain extent, Hurley. Yeah. I mean, and you, you even go to explore that, that idea a little bit more too, with the two sides of man of science or man of science, men of faith, even if you, you go into that. Oh, route. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're absolutely right. And when Locke is being held hostage by Desmond, he is oddly calm. He's like, um, it's fine. Yeah, like he knows, <laughs> like he has that faith that this is what's meant to happen and what's going to happen is what's meant to happen and mm-hmm. we really shouldn't interfere with it. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I think he is as calm as he is uh, because he's kind of, you know, just re- he's he's just going with things at this point. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's the mystery of the hatch and, you know, it, whatever it was meant to be is going to be. And that's, that's the attitude that he takes. So that goes right along with his, his men of faith uh, or man of faith. Uh, my number four kind of ties into that too. And I'm just, I'm going to bump this up to number four too, sure. um, is just uh, going back to giving my little clever little titles to everything is just meet Desmond. This is the first time that we're meeting. Uh, well, with the exception of Rousseau in season one, this is the first time that we're meeting a new character. Uh, that is not one of the survivors. And it's mm. it's very interesting, too, because the whole opening of this episode, I thought, you know, like, I, I was wondering what it meant because it's, it's very, very ingenuously, well, brilliantly done in the fact that the whole opening, everything in the hatch is from the 70s. So you're led to believe as a viewer that this is a flashback of some sort when this episode opens until it gets all gets tied together. And you're realizing you have that big, holy shit moment. This is inside the hatch. Like, I can't wait to see more of this, but Mm -hmm. I also remember the first time I watched this episode and we do get that flashback of lock of uh, Jack and Desmond doing the stadium run. And I just remember thinking, because my mind flipped into lost mode when I was watching it for the first time, uh, you know, when it first, when this premiere first debuted that I just remember thinking to myself, well, there's a mystery man in this hatch. We're now meeting this new guy in the stadium. If this guy turns out to be the man in the hatch, I'm going to freak. And what happens by the end of the episode is this is the guy that's in the hatch. And I just remember by the end of this episode, because of everything that happens of see, finally seeing what happens in the hatch all this weird 70s technology that's in there, meeting Desmond after having met him in a flashback of uh, of Jack's. I just remember by the end of this episode being, all right, I already like this episode more than I've liked any episode of season one. Because things have stepped up increasingly at this point. And that's why I'm also looking forward to us continuing on with season two and breaking it all down. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, my number four was basically just meet Desmond and meeting a character who you, if you, if this is your first time watching or when you watch for the first time, you automatically write off as a villain because he's holding Locke hostage. He's pointing a gun at Jack. Uh, but that is not the case at all. Uh, Desmond is a oh, character. I didn't, that you, I didn't get that. I didn't have that feeling. Not even the, the first, first time that you watched? No, 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 not at all. Uh-uh. Actually, I was like, oh, that's your friend. Well, because I, I, 
the reason why I took it that way was because, you know, they've done this whole thing of building up how there are others on the island and they're evil. And I think you're led to believe that Desmond is one of these others. And it's not until a little bit later that you realize it's it's not. He was kind of tricked into being there, too. And Desmond is a character who you very much grow to love by the by the end of this series. He is one of my favorite characters. Absolutely. I I love Desmond. It This was actually my number one. Um, I, I just love Desmond so much. <laughs> and I love it that we open up the season on his eye. It's all red rimmed. He looks just wrong. <laughs> it looks like the a wrong eye. You know, you get like his little morning routine. It looks like there's um, the differences between that morning routine and the eventual side of the hatch. I don't know if maybe it was a morning routine from the past or another time or that morning, or if it had, or if the hatch hat like pumps in fake daylight to make him oh, it, think it that- does. It, right. That's revealed later. Well, okay. That's what I thought. And then I read the wiki and in the trivia, it says that it's revealed later that the entire morning routine was actually set earlier. So I, I, you know, it's, it's lost. Who knows, well, right? But Who I knows mean, what the answer is? Well, but I mean, if you look at, I mean, again, this is kind of jumping forward into the series, into something that hasn't been revealed yet. Um, he doesn't sleep. I mean, he... Well, he can't sleep. He can't sleep. So, I mean, the most he gets, I think, is like an hour and a half of sleep. 108 minutes. Yeah. So, and actually, not yeah, not even... Yeah, uh, he gets... He can sleep for maybe an hour and a half. That's the longest mm-hmm. he can sleep. So... His morning routine could, in essence, be at any time of the day mm-hmm. be- because it's going to get lost to him. Yeah, it's 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 some and we could talk about this later. But I, I mean, when you find out more about the hatch, it's it's just it, it can't be anything more than, you know, just a psychologist um, experiment only because you should have a partner for something like that. You should not have to do what, what he has been forced to do for so long, uh, alone, but that's something for, that's a discussion for a later episode. Uh, but just the introduction of, of Desmond alone, you know, you get, you get the idea that, you know, he's been there for a while. He's got this routine. He injects himself. He has, you know, canned fruit and protein powder and, um, really old, equipment like that bike was just hilarious uh, which was set at 16 miles per hour um but it, it it's just and then you get this wonderful scene with Desmond and Jack and I love that scene it's always been one of my favorite scenes of the series is that tour de stade uh meet between the two of them and we come back to it several times which I love um I think that we also get we also get an after later of them in the parking lot, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think, yeah, I think there is a scene with them afterwards, too. Yeah. Um, and then you also get, when you get some Desmond flashback episodes, it shows him, you know, before that run and after that run and, and just kind of like his point of view from that run. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, the cornerstone of Desmond has to do with that scene. And I think that it's... Um, 
I think that it's really lovely that that we get kind of this this feeling of this man who he's real positive. He's training for something. He seems to be a dreamer. He's like the kind elements of Locke. If Locke wasn't so damn quiet and mysterious, you know, Desmond seems to be the same kind of man of faith, except more out in the open with everything. And like, he doesn't care what anybody thinks. He's just like, you know, yeah, man, I think you can have a miracle. I, you know, I was almost a doctor once, you know, and Jack's like, well, I am a doctor. Well, fuck <laughs> you, dude. Nobody asked you. <laughs> Uh, sorry. Well, but we you are know what? Back again. <laughs> it's 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 funny too that you mentioned that you went back to that because that was a point I actually forgot to make before when we you know when Desmond tells Jack to you know to lift him up, you took it as you know as a you know as a Christian of you know as faith of you know have faith in everything. My I took that as in I went back to the bedside manner element and was like, well, you need to lift her up. Even if you don't think this is going to work, you need to lift her spirits. Um, that's what I took it as. Hey, that's good, too. Anything other than lift your ankle, bozo, would have been better. <laughs> the, you know, but Jack Jack is like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Only facts. Me, facts. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I have a really high opinion of him. I, I, I've noticed. Um. <laughs> So where where are we at now? That was that was was that your, your number three, or was that your my number, number four? Four was meet Desmond, uh, and Desmond was my number one. So I'll just move it to my number three. So what was your number three? Okay, so my number three um, is uh, we're we're seeing a we're seeing a divide. Uh, we're, well. We're beginning to see a divide. We, we see all the survivors moving to the caves now. Um, but there's one moment that you really start to see this divide between some of the survivors. Because obviously we're getting Hurley's kind of turning against Jack. And when I say divide, I mean it's everybody going against Jack. Which you kind of touched base on a little bit too. Um, but there's one... He deserves it. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you at all on that. But there's one moment that really stands out in this divide. And it's the one person who you think is on Jack's side more than anybody else. And that's Kate. And Kate is kind of against Jack at the same time too. She wants to go down in this hatch. She wants to use, she wants to join Locke and going down there. And she kind of uses the excuse, like what if he does this by himself and he breaks his neck? You know, uh, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be blaming yourself for it and yada, yada, yada. Live together, die alone. God, that's the moment right there when she uses his own words against him. So (laughs) cool. Like when she looks at him and she's just like, live together, die alone, right? And he just has that look on his face of like, yeah, that just bit me in the ass. Mm-hmm. And that moment right there, I, like, I just remember the smirk on my face, hearing her use his own words against him mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, in that moment. It was just so great that at that point I was like, wow, you know, before that I was like, wow, even Kate's against him. I don't know if I like this. She used those words. I'm like, yeah, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm totally okay with it now. Oh, that's so, so great! So I love that. Yeah, yeah it's and, true though. But we, but you, you know, we're seeing, uh, we're seeing this divide. I mean, we're seeing obviously Hurley against him, Locke is already against him, Kate's turning against him, and these aren't the last people that are going to turn against him before everything starts to come back together again. 
Well, he needs to slow his roll, okay? He's getting a little too power hungry or power drunk. He's drinking his own Kool-Aid a little bit, as I like to say, and he needs to just have a timeout. Yeah, that that's a, an easy way to put it. And a, either a timeout or a reality check. And I think he, he's going to be getting the latter of the two soon. Good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that was my number three. Again, not much to it. I, I just that was just one of my favorite moments of the episode was Kate using Jack's own words against him. Yeah, um, I love it. Moving on to our number two. What was your number two? My number two was that Locke plays with lives again that are not his own. The last time Locke asked somebody to go investigate something for him, that person died. And that was Boone. And this time, Kate comes along and she wants to, you know, explore the hatch with Locke. And Locke says, all right, I'm going to lower you into the scary dark hole. And she was a little uneasy about it. And she's like, well, you know, if this is going to get scary, then, you know, what do I say if I want you to stop? And he's like, uh, stop. And what (laughs) happens, she, she says, you know, she starts, um, screaming that something's wrong or no, no, no. She doesn't start screaming that something's wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, the, the, one of the branches breaks, right. And lock, grabs onto it. And you can tell Locke is really trying to make this work. So he clearly, he cares about the life that's in the hole, just like he cared about Boone's life. Right. And maybe he's trying to learn from his past mistakes in this instance. And he's trying a little extra hard to, uh, with, to help Kate survive this, but you know, Kate wanted to come back up the hole and she just, keeps getting lowered down into the hole. She's like, okay, okay. I, guess, I guess we're going to keep doing this. Um, but it it had a very boon callback to me. And it dawned on me that Locke is so driven by what his purpose is on this island that he is just going to use whoever he can uh, to further that, to further that, personal agenda of his, uh, without real care to other people's lives. And, um, I don't know, I, that carelessness is, is very worrisome. Yeah. Well, I mean, but uh, uh, also on that note too, talking about that scene, this is one of my notes. It's not one of my, my numbers, um, is even though she's against Jack at this point, um, she does use a lesson that Jack taught her and that's the countdown. I loved that. I loved it when she started counting because I remember um, I remember when she first started doing that. So you understood also in that moment how scared she really was, yeah. too, because she's only counted one other time. And that was when the smoke monster was was chasing her. Yeah, uh, you're right. I mean, and, and that's a good that's a good point, too, is I didn't even really think about that is that was a good way to show the fear that she was facing being lowered down into this place that nobody's been. At least none of them have been. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a 100 percent complete mystery at this point. And that that was a great way to show the fear that she was facing. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, you, you forget that, you know, th- that this is a potential. You're so intrigued by the hatch just as much as everybody else is that you forget that it's also kind of a terrifying thing that's happening. And then when that light shines up through the hatch, 
Ooh, I remember the first time I saw that. That was that was something else. I remember I I, I gasped the first time that I saw. I was like, oh, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, because it happened so quickly. Like it's in a matter of seconds that light comes on. Kate's untied from the from the wire and is is gone. Mm-hmm. So it's almost ominous and mysterious at the same time that 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 could happen that quickly so um yeah so i i I agree i I think i might have gasped at that point too the first time watching it again this i loved this episode so much the first time i watched it Mm -hmm. I, i absolutely i think i had again i think i had liked this episode more than i had liked any episode of season one at this point Mm-hmm. Because it yeah, was, a, it, was, was it, it changed the tone of the show, but it was also kind of like the jump off point too of the show. Like you felt like you were in it now. It wasn't like the whole first season is is kind of, and we've we've touched on this in the past. It's kind of an introduction. It, the, to, it's it's like a it's like a whole season of character development, right? And now we get that payoff starting yeah. with with this with this episode, and uh, yeah, season two is is excellent. I yeah. agree. It going forward, like even throughout the course of the rest of the series. And I know there are people that say there are weak seasons and it, the last season was, was bad. And uh, I know you and I, I can speak for both of us. We disagree with that completely. Yeah. Those people could shut their mouths. Exactly. We wouldn't be podcasting about <laughs> it if we felt that way. Yeah. Um, I, I won't podcast on Dexter because after season five, I don't care. See, I, I, I lost it after season four. No, I kind of liked season five. Oh, season five was my favorite. Season five was Colin Hanks, I think, right? No, season five was Barrel Girls. Oh, was season six Colin Hanks? Yeah. Oh, I kind of like that season too. But see, to me, the pinnacle of Dexter, we're getting off topic, but we've we've talked about this before. The pinnacle of Dexter to me was season four. Nah. Um, years of season five. But yeah. we digress. Yes. Well, you know what, though? It does bring up an interesting point is that we have discussed what to do with this podcast when we're done with Lost. And mm-hmm. I think we've decided already we are going to go into another show. Yeah. We just don't know what show it's going to be yet because we still got a ways to go with Lost. Right. Um, but we're going to keep it. We have to go back. We're just going to say, you know, Dexter Revisited or whatever show we do. Um, B99. Oh, God. That would be fantastic <laughs> if we did Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But we'll figure it out. We got plenty of time to figure that out. Uh, but we'll take suggestions. From, yeah. from listeners, you know, Definitely. whatever show you want to hear us talk about after Lost, you know, but again, we got a ways In to like go. In like four years. Yeah, because we're still only on season one. Um, no, we're on season two. I mean, season two. Sorry. <laughs> God, sorry. It's been a while. Getting back into it. I know. I know. Uh, so my number two, since that was your number two. Um, yeah. Let's hear it. My number two is Shannon's vision of Walt. Oh, that was, golly, you and I are right on, on target today. Cause that was going to be my, my number one. So your, go your for new it. Number one. Yeah, um, it was, it was like my number four, but <laughs> <laughs> we kept moving things around. I know. Um, yeah. Shannon's vision of a vision of Walt. I mean, she, we see her, you know, scamper off angrily because she, I think more angry at herself that she's lost Vincent. Um, you know, she was given this responsibility to take care of Vincent with Walt and Michael away on the raft. Um, she's angry at herself because she's lost Vincent. She scampers off into the woods. Saeed follows closely behind. Um, and, you know, she she goes off to find him. And what does she see in the woods is she sees Walt, you know, Walt soaking wet. So 
not only have we had the mystery of what this hatch is, we now have this new mystery of what the hell has happened to these survivors. You know, we last we saw Walt, he was taken by he was taken by the others on the boat. Um it, he never hit the water, but now somehow in Shannon's vision, he's soaking wet. Uh, you know, so what's the meaning behind that? But even more ominous is he's saying words to Shannon that you cannot understand. Mm-hmm. Now, it has since been revealed what it is he said because it was simply played backwards. Mm-hmm. And I remember when this show first aired, um, you know, reading message boards and things like that. And finally, that discovery of somebody saying, I figured it out. I played it backwards. And it's Walt saying to Shannon, don't push the button. The button is bad. Which I we can only assume at this point of as a viewer, actually, at, as a viewer at this point, we have no idea what that means. Right. Um, but I think we as people who have watched this season already, the execute button is the button that he's referring to. Um, at least that's my opinion of it. I don't know if you have a different opinion of this. That the button, don't push the button. The button is bad. Um, yeah. I mean, I would, I would assume that it was the hatch that I think it's just the execute button, you know, entering the numbers and hitting execute only because then you're stuck with it. Yeah. Because I mean, uh, again, it we we do find out as you mentioned a little bit that uh, a little bit earlier, it how you couldn't see it as anything more than a psychological experiment. It's a little more than that, mm-hmm. um, as right. we too we we will learn with Mister Echo. Yes, exactly. Which, God, that's another one of my favorite episodes mm-hmm. with the with the numbers and and playing with anything that, that Mister Echo is in. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he was and, recently in. Um, he was. He well, not recently, but he was in Game of Thrones. He was in like two episodes of Game of Thrones as like a, a um, slave trader. And I remember thinking, "Oh, it's Mister Echo. That's really nice." He's he's <laughs> another character that I I think it like was very quickly became a favorite, um, mainly because, and we'll talk about him later, obviously, when we're introduced to him. But he. He he's such a redemptive character and he, another man of faith. Yes. Um, like his his story is his backstory is so interesting to watch um, because he has in such a short period of time, one of the most the biggest redemption arcs of any other character in this series mm-hmm. in, in the transformation that his character makes. Yeah, I, I love Mr. Echo. And it's it's sad when we find out the fate of that character, but yeah, um, the entire back of the plane, I love. Yeah, there's a well, eh, I could have gone without Anna Lucia, but no, I you know what? I thought she was actually um, a nice redemptive arc as well. If you want to talk about redemptive arcs, yeah, she does have a redemption arc. She does have a pretty big redemption arc. Um, but yeah, she's it's, female Jack. Oh yeah, but Jack's the worst though. And she started out as the worst. That's true. And Jack does in time have a redemption. Uh, <laughs> I was waiting to hear your reaction to that one. Um 
But yeah, I mean, but, you know, going back to, you know, to to what I was saying with the vision of Walt is, you know, it's just one of those uh, one of the another one of those things that added to the mystery of this episode and added to the progression of what we're going to th- see in season two in that what the hell is really going on in this island? We're mm. we're past the character development through season one. Mm-hmm. And now we're we're full blown into the progression of this of this story at this point. Yes. And the mystery deepens with a vision of Walt. Yeah. It, that, I mean, not only that, but it was also an indication to me that something has gone wrong on the raft. And we don't get any other information on the raft other than this vision of Walt. Um, and, you know, when Shannon tells everybody about it back at the caves, Sun immediately asks, you know, did he say, did something go wrong on the raft? Like, is everybody okay? Um, so, and, and you don't see, I guess they said that this is the first and only time that Sawyer is not in a season premiere for the entire series. Oh, that's Um, a good point. We didn't get any Sawyer this episode. mm -mm, No, no Sawyer, no Jen, no Michael. Um, you know, I mean, who knows what Michael and Well, no Michael and Jen for good reason. Yeah. It's, it's left a mystery. Well, even Sawyer. Last time we saw Sawyer, he dove off into the water. Yeah, that's yeah. Because well, yeah, the raft people. Now next week we're going to talk a lot about them because right, they're the but, focus of the episode. Right, but I mean, just from you know, we've waited on an entire hiatus. I mean, especially if you are, if if this is when it originally aired, you know, one of your biggest questions, other than the hatch, is what the hell happened on the water. Where's Walt? Are are Michael and Sawyer and Jin okay? Uh, and you don't get those answers this episode, uh, which is, you know, understandably frustrating for a first time viewer. Uh, but uh, Walt, the, the vision of Walt to me was more of because you don't know what he's saying until you, you know, play it backwards and go to message boards and try and figure it out. But to me, if you're just watching it, it's something bad has happened on the raft. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and you're right. I mean, we're, it, it, you know, when, when lost had first aired, obviously social media wasn't what it is today. And, you know, spoilers are rampant nowadays. It took, I think a, a good four or five days before anybody really discovered what it was that Walt had said, mm-hmm. you know, whereas nowadays you'd find out within an hour. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know of what it is. Nothing is said. a secret anymore. What a bummer. I know it's it sucks, um, but yeah. So it's 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 one of those things. That it took him out. It took a couple days before it was revealed what what Walt had said, and uh, you know I I miss mysteries like that in shows. Yes, because uh, it it doesn't. You're right. It, everything nothing's a secret anymore. So it, it everything kind of gets revealed, and it, it kind of sucks. Right. Um, that's why I don't watch trailers. I don't look at news. I don't. I try to keep myself as as unspoiled as possible for everything that I'm interested in because there are very few moments in life now, especially if you consume, the, and especially in the way that we consume uh, media in these days. It's so hard to experience something fully for the first time. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the truth. It's just. I mean, it's one of the reasons why, you know, you mentioned Game of Thrones. I'll watch Game of Thrones as it airs because I'm worried that somebody's going to spoil something for me if I don't. I'm telling you, I'm about to get rid of social media altogether at this point. 
Well, you can't because I I get it. We need it. I get, <laughs> I, I get it. If it was, but I'm still I I still want to say goodbye to it because it's well, it's ruining everything. I know. Right now. I agree with you. There are times I want to step back away from it too. But you know, starting a podcast network and and such and. Creating, yeah, you have to have it. Creating an event, like I kind of need it. So, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, you have to have it. Yeah, um, I agree. But I know friends who have backed away from it. Like, I, I have friends who are strictly on Facebook Messenger now and have gotten rid of their Facebook page. You know, because you can keep Messenger and not Facebook. Yeah, I'm. I'm about a step away from that one. So well. Oh well. Yeah. But again. We're off the rails. <laughs> yes, it happens every every episode. It's fine. Yeah. Our listeners should be used to it by now. Um, yeah, so, I mean, again, we've mentioned season one was more about character development than anything else, with a little bit of plot turned in, because you can't do a full season of just character development. People would get bored uh, mm-hmm. by the end of it. Uh, you have to throw plot in there and, and drive the story forward. But now we've gotten to the point where if, if they were going the speed limit in season one, man, they're... They're, you know, well above the speed limit at the start of season two. Mm-hmm. They're yes. speeding forward. Um, yes. And they're not done with the character development. We're going to see more character development of these new uh, of of um, the characters that we've already met. And we're getting introduced to quite a few new characters in season two. Like a whole new cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think it's a smaller version of the cast, but it's you're right. It's almost practically a, a, a brand new cast. We're going to meet. Uh, you know, again, spoilers for this season, but, you know, Mr. Echo, Anna Lucia, Libby, Bernard, um, that might actually be it. They might be the main ones uh, for for that run. And a couple other characters that come in here and there, but I think they're the main focus of that crew. But also, we're going to meet other people as well on top of that. I think season two is when we finally meet Ben. Um, no, it's the others. That's what I'm saying. We're getting yeah. like a whole new cast. Oh, okay. There's, That's what you meant. It's coming in from all different angles. Yeah. Yeah, because we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna meet Ben this season. Even um, with Desmond. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. So it is practically almost doubling the cast, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah, Between, it's an exciting time. Yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about it. What's uh, your number one? My number one. Uh, is more tie-ins uh, and more relations. And it, it's only a couple scenes, but uh, I don't know if you notice the time of death of uh, who we now know is Shannon and Boone's father. Mm-hmm. Adam uh, Rutherford. Adam Rutherford. Uh, we do get a name of the victim that, you know, that Jack's wife had run into and killed uh, was Adam Rutherford, who we do know now as Shannon and Boone's father. I think it was kind of hinted at in season one, but it wasn't revealed that's who mm-hmm. it was. It's now revealed in this episode that it was that's the connection between Jack and Boone and Shannon in that his wife is the one that killed their father. Uh, and but he did, died at 8.15 a.m. He, he died at 8.15 a.m. That's right. Time of death. So we're getting another relation to uh, to the numbers uh, playing a part in many, many times throughout the run of the series. Um yeah, that was actually kind of like my number four, but it just kind of kept getting pushed. I know. Uh, so it was the last one left to make it number one. So I, I guess it's, it's to the point now where we have our top five and they're not always in priority order. No, I think that they're just in discussional order. Pretty much. And I think that works out. So, yeah, so not a lot to talk about with my number one. It was it just kind of get, kept getting pushed back. But it was that fact that we're, we're getting more connections between these characters now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think next episode, which is a drift, which is about the uh, the the survivors, um, well, the the raft survivors. So Sawyer, Michael, and Jin. Um, and I, it's it's a primary focus on them too. I don't think we see the main cast at all in the episode. Good. Uh, <laughs> no Jack. Ugh, good. So he needs uh, to go have a nap. Well, he does. He gets a whole week to do it. Good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we are meeting some new characters next week as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, which will be, we've met one new character already this week. We're going to be meeting some new characters next week. And I can't remember, I think Adrift is a Michael flashback. I'm pretty sure it is. I, I didn't check. Um, I, I'm enjoying the fact that my memories are a little hazy. Well, it's been a number of years since I've rewatched this series. Right. But it's it's just, I, I just love it that I know what's going to happen, but I don't know exactly how it's going to happen. Like with Game of Thrones, I know exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, who it's going to happen to, and what the connection is over the course of seven seasons so far. This is nice. This is kind of like this hazy dream that I had, and I think I know what's about to happen, but let's talk about it anyways. It's so fun. It's so fun. I'm having so much fun with this. I am too, and, and you know, right along with that too, not only am I liking the fact that my, my memory is hazy about it, like I remember the episodes, but I don't remember them exactly, so it's fun to rewatch them, mm-hmm. but just like this morning, when I the whole realizing the thing about Jack pointing the gun at Locke before mm-hmm. even seeing Desmond... I'm loving I'm loving the fact that even though I've watched through this series three or four times already and I'm rewatching it again, I'm still discovering things that I never noticed before because now I'm not just watching, I'm analyzing. Yeah, right. So I'm it starting changes the way you watch. Yeah. So I'm starting to notice things that I never noticed throughout these other runs of watching this series. Mm-hmm. And it makes me want to keep going, but I like the fact that we're taking it at a pace. Mm-hmm. And not just binging through it. Mm-hmm. I so, agree. So, uh, but yeah, so that's going to wrap it up for our top five of the episode. Do you, any other notes that you have for no, the not episode? Today. My yeah. only note was that there was no Sawyer. Yeah, the only other note that I have too is the episode opens with the opening of the eye that you mentioned. Uh, but it, in essence, it actually opens with the beeps. And that sound is something that is going to play a big part throughout the run of this series or the run of this season it's not the series mm-hmm. it's it's just this season that that noise those is is damn very prevalent. beeps those beeps good <laughs> god um and you know it's a it's a big mystery that is what what those beeps are related to is a big mystery of this season that i know when the season aired was a big point of contention, not only with the fans, but it becomes a big point of contention between Jack and Locke. Mm-hmm. It, it splits them up big time throughout the, the run of this. More so than they are. Man, yeah. he's got Jack has so much hate towards Locke. It's it's like palpable. Well, and it yeah, and that that hate it's weird. I mean, it's such a weird relationship that those two characters have. I mean, there are he he has such a hate for Locke at this point, but Locke is these two characters are so important to one another uh, throughout the run of this entire series. I mean, we find out it's because of one that the path of the other goes the way it does. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to put that as vaguely as possible uh, mm-hmm. to not 
but I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah, I actually do. (laughs) But at the end of this series, it's in a different form. It's these two characters against each other, you know, at the very end. Mm -hmm. So it, yeah, there's such an interesting dynamic that between these two characters, that these two characters and the dynamic that they have of uh, hating each other and respecting each other, it's, it it's one of the driving forces of this series, mm-hmm. and as I much as you as much as you say Jack is the worst, because he is this series would not exist without him. Yes, I agree, but he is the worst. Um, okay, well, Locke is one of my favorite characters, so I, I, I'm you know Team Jack or Team Locke. I'm Team Locke. Well, I always will be. Yeah, I love Locke, and except for when he's playing with other people's lives. <laughs> Well, I don't oh, think really that ever nilly. I don't think that ever really goes away. Right. Um even when Locke kind of changes form, I think that's an interesting way to put it. Um <laughs> uh, even then, uh it, it, that character is still playing with other people's lives. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I would agree with yeah, that. Yeah, it's a that's another dynamic that just never goes away. You just kind of got to get used to it. But we got a lot coming up in this season that I can't wait to get into. I'm so happy that we're back to doing this. Me too. Not just because this show is fun to talk about, but just because I love podcasting with you. So I love podcasting with you too. And I missed you, man. I missed you too. And I'm glad that, you know, you guys had a great Christmas and a happy new year. And we, I mean, it's not like we didn't talk. We still spoke, but not as much as trust me. If, if we recorded the entire conversation of start to finish when we connect and and disconnect, uh, (laughs) the podcast might be like an hour to an hour, you know, hour and a half. Uh, Our conversations go on much longer. And much longer. We can't get our crap together for like the first hour. No, it takes us like a good at least half hour before yeah. we even start recording. Even though we talk every week. Yep, it's so. fun. I like it. Um, But in re- in addition to us coming back and talking about Locke uh, and talking about Lost, uh, Manifest returned. Manifest as well. returned. So uh, it's only appropriate that we go into our manifest minutes, and I don't really think this is going to take that long. Nope, it won't. <laughs> um, it, 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 the show returned from its mid-season break, um, and not that strong, in my opinion. No. It was a very weak episode. Really underwhelming. I think that this is their first real big misstep, is coming back from hiatus with this episode. Um I think that they focused way too much on uh, relationships and feelings and not enough on the mystery of, of the, uh, of the, what, what am I saying? The passengers. Yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to know what was happening in that safe house or the safe place that, um, that the passengers were in, you know, they had the seizing moments all together. Uh, there is some kind of weird vision in, in a snowstorm that's different. It seems that the girl who was once the double agent has thrown her phone away and now she's uh, wanting to work with with the passenger side again. Um, all of that was really interesting. And it seemed to not even be a B story. It seemed to be almost like a C story. Like, I mean, there, there's a lot of forced drama 
that's happening right now. Olive calling Danny to come over to the house and making meatloaf like old days, which, you know, it, it just to me, that was really cumbersome writing. Uh, it didn't make sense. It was it was like the writers were like, how do we get Danny and Ben and Grace in the same room together so that everybody can have this conversation? It, it was very forced. And, um, you know, I, I just I don't like Grace. I think that she's a character that, quite frankly, can be redshirted. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, we've talked a little bit about that before and that we just don't really have that feel for that character, that she's she's, she's, she's not kind of likable. a negative character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this episode were was the writers trying to make her likable because it felt that that was the intention, but it fell flat. Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. And it's she again, I that whole scene with them together, it was like, OK, it felt like the the viewers were almost expecting these characters to, to come to blow at these some that point at some point you know between Ben and Danny and this was kind of forcing that to happen finally yeah it's nothing that i've really cared about either like okay grace you want to be with danny fine i don't care let's just move on from the storyline cuz it doesn't matter to me it really doesn't like the minute that grace wasn't on didn't have ben's back at the hospital uh when clearly there is something weird happening with her husband and her son in the fact that they haven't aged and they spent like a couple hours on a plane and it's five and a half years later. Like she can't unlock her brain enough to think that maybe something bigger is happening. And then she kicks her husband out of the house. And now we're supposed to what feel bad for her Yeah. with, with her burnt frozen waffles. No, I don't care. I don't well, care. Well, and the other thing with, about it too is, you know, before the show went on break, we got the whole wrap up of, you know, the two of them are separating uh, and, you know, we know they were trying to make this marriage work. Obviously, it wasn't. The two of them split up. And to me, that was like, OK, good. We've 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 wrapped up this whole family dynamic thing. Now we can put the focus more on the mystery of what's going on and we don't mm -hmm. have to put as much attention on this. The show returns from the midseason break. And what happens? They put even more focus on this. They're now they're you're now putting it's now more a focus. main storyline. Yeah. And I don't mm -hmm. I don't care about it. I don't care I about it anymore. Um, I'd rather know more what's going on with Cal, which who we got barely any of this episode. Mm -hmm. uh, we got more of uh, of Olive than we did of Cal. And Cal's more pertaining to the mystery than Olive is. Um, you know, and not only that, but, you know, on, on top of the whole family mystery, we're, we're now, I mean, granted, we're finding out there's a little bit more to Michaela than was revealed in that somehow she has the ability she denies it, but I think they're leading us to believe that she somehow has the ability to wake these other people. But going back to that whole storyline of the one, um, uh, the, the one survivor, uh, um, not survivor, um, the one passenger that was helping the other guys. And then mm -hmm. in this episode kind of threw the phone away and was going to go against them. You set up this whole great possible storyline of having one of these passengers be against everybody else and be a mole inside this. There's so much you could have done with that. Mm -hmm. And in less than an episode, you threw it away. Literally. Yeah. You literally threw it away by having her thrown. Cause so when she throws the phone, I was like, Oh, well, okay. Well, I guess that's over. Why did you even set that up to begin with? That was like a well, waste of a plot. She was at, and then now she's at the coffee shop and they're like, oh, you dropped your phone. Here you go. And you're like, Ugh, okay, so now they're going to just badger her. 
Yeah. So it's just going to be like a like this abusive government thing that's happening to this poor woman. And, you know, that just doesn't sit well with me. And then, you know, there was, um, you know, the abusive husband that that apparently woke up with amnesia that we're supposed to feel sorry for. Spoiler alert. I we don't. don't. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Um, and then I thought about this at the end of the episode. If there is this much danger happening to these passengers where all of this stuff is happening, first of all, uh, Ben should take Grace to this little hideout to prove to Grace that something horrible is happening and Cal is in danger and here's the proof and here's what's happening. But all of the passengers should be in the same hiding spot. Everybody should be hiding out right now. The fact that they're not and they're walking around uh, and, and Cal especially is just at home, living his life, going to school. None of that makes sense to me. I mean, if if I'm supposed to believe that these people are in as much danger as they're setting them out to be, then, you know, let's move that story forward a little bit and not just like sit. It's like. Most of the time, Ben's just standing around wringing his hands over the safety of Cal instead of doing something about it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm hoping that it changes. I really do, because I want I want the show to be as good as it has the potential to be. But um, I'm worried. I'm worried after this this um, this episode. And you know what's funny, too, is I'm the same way. Like, I really was starting to get a little worried uh, by the end of this, because I, I, I was really into this show, uh, you know, in the first half of this, and now I've lost a bit of interest after mm-hmm. this mid season finale of the, this mid season premiere. I don't think it came now. I'm going to continue with it because I'm going to hope it's going to kind of come back to what it should be, uh, or to what it was. But I mean, th- there were so many missteps in this in this mid-season premiere that I I kind of lost a little bit of interest. I told you when we were prepping, I, I kind of half-watched it. Right, yeah. Because I, I just had no interest. I have a couple of times. I, I'm sure there's probably moments I might have missed. I mean, the only thing that really came to fruition in this episode by the end of it was Michaela and, and Jared. Mm-hmm. You're coming back together, which you've predicted. That was happening. nice. Yeah, I but, liked. But that. that was really the only thing that kind of happened out of this episode. That was, I was like, okay, we've we've progressed a little further. Yeah, and that needs to just happen and be done with. It, it can't be this drawn out love triangle. There can't be two love triangles on this show. Okay, there just can't. Yeah. So let's just move on with it. Lourdes, goodbye. See you later. The divorce will probably be messy, but let's just have that be a background noise to the show. Well. We thought the background. We thought it was going to be background with Ben and Grace too, but apparently that's not. The, I was talking to my mom about this because my mom watches the show, and and um, and so we talked. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, and I said, you know, it would. I I think that the writers must really like the the actress. They must. They must just really, really like her and want to keep her, and so they're trying to force a way to keep her. Uh, on the show or, or, you know, prevalent on the show because I, the whole thing is forced. It's so forced. And I'm not one to boohoo a show. I will, I'm like a big cheerleader for stuff that I'm a fan for. Oh, me too. So I don't like being this negative. I, I it, it doesn't sit well with me. Um, 
So I really need it to change. I need grace <laughs> to like fade off into the distance. I need the mystery to become the story. Um, let's stop with the relationship stuff, please. Yeah, no, I, I'm agreed. I'm completely agreed with you too. I think we need to focus back on the mystery of what the hell is going on with these passengers. And mm -hmm. I think part of the problem with the show might be now at this point is they might not have enough story behind that to fill the episode. Um, yeah, well, then they need to take a longer break. Then they need to say, okay, that was season one. Let's go to season two. Yeah, they need to either take a longer break or they need to shorten the season. Mm -hmm. I agree. So that they could focus more on it. But I mean, again, you, you know, we threw this in because we thought it was, you know, similar to Lost and it is still in many ways with the mystery behind it and, and plane passengers. But, uh, you know, at this point, I, we might only be doing manifest minutes for another week or two. Yep. It, I agree. It's, it's it's a wait and see at this point. Um, yeah. We, we should change it to uh, the new Amsterdam minutes because that show is... <laughs> fucking fantastic i know i need to i need to catch up with that show god and that because that show returned to this week and man the mid-season i know we're breaking topic but to anybody who watches new amsterdam i'd love to hear your thoughts because the mid-season finale of that show left me emotional and I, I my friend who was from out of town was came over yesterday to visit and um he had already watched it but i i watched it and he rewatched it yesterday while i was here and he told me he's like if you thought the mid-season finale was emotional just wait until this and i'm watching it and i'm like okay i'm waiting for these big emotional moments and by the end of that episode like within like the last like five ten minutes of that episode man i was holding back tears because my friend was here oh that's so cute <laughs> i'm like yeah, oh my god i'm like up. oh God, I'm like, this show is so... And My mom, you and my mom could talk about this because my mom is, she goes, "Did have you caught up on, on New Amsterdam? And I'm like, no. <laughs> it's And it's so funny too because I'm not into medical procedural shows. Like I don't like Grey's Anatomy. House was like the only one I really enjoyed. I don't watch ER or Chicago Hope or any of those because I Love just Grey's don't care. I, well, I, I just don't care about medical shows. I liked House because of uh, Hugh Laurie. Um, but like, and my friend who was over here yesterday, he wasn't even going to watch New Amsterdam, but I was like, look, you know, it looks really good. I think you should give it a shot. I'm like, cause I'm going to give it a shot. And then I had Tyler Labine who's on the show on my podcast. And like, I, I loved him talking to him and I love his character on the show. And when my friend was over here yesterday, he was like, he's like, I'm not going to lie. New Amsterdam is probably my favorite show on television right now. Mm -hmm. I was like, and you weren't even going to give it a chance. He's like, nope. And I'm so glad I did. Yay. That's so great when that happens. I love stuff like that. Yeah. So, all right. We have listener feedback that Yay. we have to get to. Um, and you know what? I'm going to change things around a little bit. Uh, I, I want to be able to make it easy for people to give us feedback. And as a podcast, as somebody who's been podcasting, and I hope you don't mind me doing this because we didn't talk about this, but I don't care. instead of giving the ways that you can leave us feedback at the very end of the podcast, I want to do it before we do the feedback. Okay. Because this way people can get an opportunity to hear how they can do it. Cause I know as somebody who listens to podcasts as well as been podcasting for years, attention spans kind of get a little lower by the end. And sometimes you can kind of tune out and you don't hear that, but I want to give people the opportunity. I'm sure people have already turned it off how many times we've gone off track this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't think you're wrong. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, 
But yeah, so I, before we go into the feedback, I, we want to let you know that there are many ways that you could do that. Um, and unfortunately, I don't have it pulled up in front of me. So I'm just going off. I do. Um, do you want to run through them then? Sure. Okay. <laughs> if you want to contact us, you can do so in so many ways. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash lost revisited. We're on Instagram at lost revisited pod. You can email us at lost revisited pod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a message, you can record yourself and send it into our email address. Cool. Yeah. That's, I, I like putting it there now better. Sure. Uh, before the feedback so that, this way, so that people can hear it and we absolutely encourage you to to leave us feedback on the episodes of lost uh manifest new amsterdam if you want to uh brooklyn 99 we'll talk about that too we don't care um so but with that being said we do have some feedback and they both come from our friend steve who we love when he leaves us feedback so he left us feedback both of man and science man of faith and uh, manifest crosswind so let's play the man of science man of faith feedback first okay hello ben and christian uh, this is steve uh, new year new season of lost man of science man of faith really love this episode um, I think we found someone who's worse than Jack, and that's uh, Sarah's fiance. Uh, but uh, Jack, uh, we do get to see some Jack's the worst moments in this. You know, his bedside manner, his treatment of, of Hurley after Hurley reveals to him about the numbers and everything, and everything that's happened to him. And the only thing Jack can say is, "You were in a psych hospital." Yeah. Um, I love the introduction of, of Desmond and uh, that character, and what we're going to see from him going forward. Um, I think my number one was Hurley in this episode. Uh, the the go look in the burning death hole. I love that. And uh, the way he broke down kind of life on the island and summed it up with at least you get to sleep in was really great. Um, how much dynamite is left? Because Jack says they didn't use it all to blow open the, the hatch. And uh, – uh, I kind of chuckled at the same time and realized that, that uh, Locke is pretty bad as well. And he corrects Kate's grammar and then he waits for her at the hole and sends her down first. And we're not going to find out what happens to them until the next episode. So, but uh, overall it was a good beginning of the first season. We're seeing, we're starting to see some background characters that we're, we're never going to see again probably, but uh, we're, we're seeing a lot of these other, survivors that we don't know anything about them so we're, we're reminded that there's more than just our core uh you know oceanic six uh, that are here on uh, on this island so i kind of like that even though we don't don't learn too much about these other people um we get the vision of Walt, and again that's just a one of those storylines that we don't get any there's no payoff for in the series really unless you you tag on the the little prologue that we got or the epilogue at the end of the, the series. I uh, can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Talk to you later. Thanks, Steve. I'm glad that he, um, that he talked about uh, Hurley and, and just kind of how funny he was with, you know, life on the Island. He's like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, pretty terrible, but at least we get to sleep in. Like that was a really good moment. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Hurley always brings some of the best moments, and he he always brings a lot of great levity to uh, to the to the series. And that's again, God, I, I love Hurley so much. So many characters I really do love in this show. Me too. Hurley, I Charlie, agree. Locke, 
Desmond, Ben. And you haven't even met Ben yet. I can't wait till we start talking about Ben. I, God, I don't know. I really can't. You talk, you've, the, mo, the, the amount that you've talked about him before <laughs> we even see him, yeah, it's going to get intense. <laughs> God, I, I can't wait till we start talking about him. Um, all right, but yeah, one more piece of, of um, feedback, and, again, from Steve, and this one on Crosswinds for Manifest. So let's go ahead and play that. Hey, Ben and Kristen, it's Steve, and I just had a couple thoughts on Manifest uh, the return of manifest this uh, episode crosswinds. And I, I just want to say a couple things. You probably have already talked about it, but as much as we want to see Ben with, with uh, Sean V and as much as we want to see Michaela with Jared in order for those two things to happen, we have to have a marriage completely implode or, or two marriages implode. And that just, uh, it just depresses me that that's, the way the story is trying to take us or the writers are trying to take us as the viewers. They want us to be on, on board with that. Um, so I just, that, that frustrates me. I, I hope we get more of the, the Paul amnesiac. I think that's what his name was, was Paul, uh, the guy with amnesia and uh, and his wife i hope we get more of that or we we see maybe a reconciliation there as much as part of me says no if he if he was an abuser he shouldn't be reconciled but at the same time if he's been redeemed now because of this amnesia then he should get a second chance um if that's going to take or not uh I still don't believe that Vance is dead, and I still don't trust that doctor woman who thinks she knows everything about shared consciousness. Talk to you later. Steve? Steve? No. No, Steve. Steve, I love you. I love you. And I want to tell you that I love you uh, before I start this. But listen to me when I say this. In no way should they revisit this storyline. In no way... Should there be a reconciliation? Her freedom was that plane disappearing. And that woman should be left alone. She was so scared that she faked her own disappearance and she answered the door with a gun. That is how bad her marriage was. That is how abusive this man was. I don't care if he had a lobotomy. I don't care if he is a completely born again Christian, changed man. He will never harm another person as long as he lives. He will stay away from that woman because that woman's life was ruined by him. No, 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 <laughs> no. I love you. You're wonderful. Keep your feedback coming in. I'm sorry if I was harsh. I have very strong feelings on this subject. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm apologizing, Steve. I'm sorry. Uh, no, but you know what? I, I think, you know, getting back to that a little bit, you're right. I mean, this whole... We were expected to believe that, you know, he was, we had feeling for this character, even though he had amnesia. And look, if if they would have drawn that story out a couple episodes and given us an opportunity to get to know that amnesia character before no. realizing that he was abusive, no. maybe then I could have seen feeling a little sorry for him. But the fact that no. it all happened in one episode, I, there's no feeling of sorry for him at all. Um but you're right. He Steve's right about the broken marriages. It does suck that you know two marriages have to implode for that to happen. We already saw one of them happen. 
I, I, you know, Grace and Ben are, has already imploded. Uh, and we're going to see, you know, the next one happen relatively soon, probably with, uh, with Lourdes and, and, uh, and Jared. Well, and we've also talked a little bit about, you know, in the past about the fact that this is an impossible situation. Um, you know, Jared and Michaela were going to get married. They were deeply, hopelessly in love with each other. So, you know, Lourdes and Jared fell in love through the grief of losing Michaela. Like this is an impossible situation that that nobody there, there's no real precedence for what what you do when this when this happens. Right. I mean, I, people I mean, even people that are missing in action from war for years and they come back. Right. Um, that that is probably the closest realistic um scenario here and that can get messy and complicated so you know there's no real precedence for that and it it's just messy and complicated and and it has been alluded to that grace and ben's marriage was on the rocks before the plane uh the plane disappeared that's why they were in jamaica i think they were trying to um to recapture something you know because no doubt losing your son to leukemia can only be hard on a marriage. Um, you know, that to me is more cut and dry. That is this guy. I don't care how much you love this woman. I don't care how ingrained the family you are. You don't get to be part of that family anymore. Um, to me, the Danny character didn't need to be around for more than one or two episodes. I, I don't think that that's necessary. I think that that's forced plot. Uh, but the Michaela and Jared situation, that's messy. That's complicated. Um, you know, so that that's just my two cents on it. Though. No, And I agree with you completely on the Danny character. I thought by the end of the midseason finale, we had we were done with that character and we had written him off. Um, and unfortunately, we're seeing that. I do agree with Steve, though, in that I don't believe that. Um, what's his name? Director Sharp. Is it sharp? I think the woman. No, no. Um, the NSA agent. Um, I think that he got rounded up by those men at the end because he's going to go to Vance. I do too. Um, or Vance. That's it. Uh, no, Vance was the, his guy's name was his name. Um, I, I don't think the Vance is dead. No, I, no, I, I don't believe that either. And I'm also with Steve in that. I don't trust the new and the new, uh, uh, NSA deputy pal. Yeah. Um, I, I we'll think, see. yeah, I think, I think it's too, if, if you were going to have Ben team up with, uh, deputy Powell, why would you have killed off Vance? Like that to me just doesn't make any sense uh, to, to, to have him ally with one member of the NSA to kill them off just to have him ally with another one. I, I think that would be stupid. I think if you were going to have him be an ally with somebody in the NSA, why not just keep Vance alive? Well, I think that we, I, I think that we've, you know, established that this was a very awkward mid-season premiere. Yeah. So let's see what they do with it next next week. Yeah, we we shall see. Uh, but yeah, so next week we're going to um, talking about episode season two, episode two, adrift. Uh, but before we wrap things up, we've already told you about how you can get in contact with us and we encourage you to do so. But also, uh, we do want to encourage you to check out, 
uh, all of the other podcasts, both on the Next Level and Podcastica Podcast Network, in which you've been hard at work with House Podcastica lately. Uh, yes. You've been, I think, like Game of Thrones has been your life for the past couple weeks. Yeah, it's been intense. And it's all the terrible episodes with all the terrible uh, subject matter. <laughs> and my brain uh, needs needs some some light and life lately. So this has been really fun. Um, I've really enjoyed getting back into Lost. And I know that for your network, uh, Panels to Pixels is about to cover Infinity Wars. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing what those guys have to say about it, too, because that's a movie that is... Um, it's, it's, it's loved, but it's argued, uh, and debated as to whether or not it's one of the best Marvel films. So I'm very curious where they're going to stand with that. And that's Mark and Steve who, you know, leaves us fee- uh, voicemail. Uh, yeah, leaves Steve's us feedback podcast. We might as well plug his podcast. He's a regular contributor. Might as well. Of course we're going to plug it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think that's going to be coming out next week is their, their talk of, uh, Avengers Infinity War. And uh, on top of that, there's going to be at least two new podcasts debuting on the Next Level Podcast Network within oh, the, within the next month or so. Awesome. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, there's some cool stuff coming, and Podcastica is still hard at work right now. I think uh, Strange Indeed is doing Bandersnatch. They just did Bandersnatch, and they're about to do the Netflix movie Cam. Okay. Did they do Bird Box? Uh, Walking Dead casted. Walking Dead, okay. Mm-hmm. Walking Dead casted that. Okay. But yeah, so, uh, you know, a lot of great podcasts you can check out. NextLevelRadioOnline.com is where you can check out all the Next Level podcasts. And Podcastica.com is where you can find all the Podcastica podcasts. Easy yeah, enough. Yeah, Yes, yes. Um, but I think that's going to wrap it up for, yes. for this week. It's been fun getting back to this. Yes, I it, can't wait for next it, week. It really, oh, God, I can't wait for this season. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, But until next time, uh, make your own kind of music, as Mama Cass likes to say. Make your own kind of music. It's going to be stuck in my head. It's not the last time we hear that song, too. (laughs) I think that hopefully that's going to be what fades out. (laughs) Oh, they've already heard it in the beginning of this podcast. Well, good. Let's bookend it, man. We'll play it again on the way. We'll play it again on the way out. You might already be hearing it at this point. Um, but uh, until next week, guys, we'll see you further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye.